Hey guys, welcome back to Starring Milana, the podcast. This is season three, episode 12, I believe. And I suck because I told you guys I was going to be back next week and I was only going to take one Monday off, but it ended up being two Mondays because life is hectic and crazy. And I unfortunately was so busy last weekend um, and week that I couldn't even pre-record for you guys. So I just kind of um, you know, just hope that you guys would have noticed, but we're back. I am only doing audio this week, no visual, just a bunch of little shit. Like first of all, Lena hijacked my soft boxes, so they're in her trunk. I don't have them right now and I cannot film in this room without those lights. Um, and then the other thing actually is I record on a different, um, through a different laptop and I'm trading that one in for another one and it's completely um, wiped clean and deleted of all of my old garage band settings and everything so here I am struggling on a different laptop um, but I'm just working hard to get this episode out to you guys I am alone this week Lena's not joining me so welcome it's just I like the good old days um yeah, so if you're new here, there is a visual to this podcast, youtube.com forward slash starring Milana. However, this episode will not be on YouTube. Um, and what else can I tell you about this podcast? Oh, there are three segments. The first one's called BTS, where I recap my past week. The second segment is called Talkworthy, where we pick a few things going on in the media and we try to offer a new or different perspective. And the third topic, topic, the, wow. It's late, guys. The third segment is Dropping Gems, where I pick a topic of the week and I drop a few gems. So let's just get right into it. Um, BTS. It is officially a Lent time. Um, I don't do like the official Lent. I, I don't even know what the official Lent is, you know, like after you go to Ash Wednesday and I think most people do like give up dairy and all meats. I don't do the official line. I never have. I just choose something that's hard for me to usually give up and I give it up and I stay pretty determined. Um, I've never really <clears throat> like cheated during Lent. So, so far so good. The past like four or five years I've been giving up bread. So I decided to kind of continue with that tradition and give up bread because I don't eat meat already and I pretty much um, eat dairy free except I have cheese occasionally and you know there's butter and things that I can't control. So for the most part um, I already gave up like those I already don't consume those things so I give up bread but this year I decided to like do a little more just go the extra mile and I added fries and chips. So this is going to be super rough for me because those are all my favorite things. I love bread. I love fries, potatoes. I was a potato in my past life. I say it all the time. And then chips, you know, like I just think about hot Cheetos throughout the day. Sometimes I dream about it. So this is also very torturous for me. But um, I got this. I'm going to do this. Um, so happy Lenting, anyone. You guys gave me some really fun feedback on Instagram. I asked you guys what you're giving up for Lent. A lot of people said dairy. Um, and it wasn't most of them was foods. But someone said that they're giving up negative thoughts. Someone said they're giving up social media and their phone. So really interesting answers. Um, I loved getting your feedback. And I think I might do more question and answer segments on Instagram because um, it's just fun interacting with people. So that's that. Um, 
let's see what else happened the last two weeks i don't know about the last two weeks i'll just recap a few things that i remember um i haven't been to church all of 2020 because life just kind of took off and it's been crazy i've been working from sunday to sunday basically so um when i went the weekend of valentine's on february 16th um ironically i that was the first weekend that I got to relax like the 14th 15th 16th was the first weekend when I really got to like get a massage and just like kind of take it easy because like I said I've been working Sunday through Sunday and um I just felt like it was a new and fresh start for me so when I was sitting at church and the pastor kind of said like happy new year and we're just like all looking at each other and he's like I know it sounds like weird for me to say happy new year but that's how I feel you know when January started off we just all kind of like went full force and no one really stopped and processed anything and now I just feel like people are coming into um, this year and coming into their own and just kind of like really processing everything that's happened so far and like what they want to take for the rest with the re- with them for the rest of the year so I thought that was in- really interesting because I went in to it with the same kind of mindset and the fact that he said that I was like okay so this is a fresh kind of start for me so um I started working out again I went to I've been doing hot yoga I haven't started my orange theory yet I'm gonna start this week I'm really nervous to go back because when I did hot yoga the past like three classes Oh my God, I've never done hot yoga before. Like I used to teach yoga. I used to be a child yoga star, but I stopped doing that when I was like 12. So I would take an occasional yoga class here and there. And, you know, I was like somewhat, somewhat flexible, somewhat good, but I have not done yoga in years. And on top of that, I haven't worked out in a really long time. So I was dying in this hot yoga class. Like, first of all, I don't like to be hot, okay? But it really does feel like you're getting a workout in. And I love yoga because it's working out parts of your body that you don't usually work out. It's the same way I feel about kickboxing. Um, The amount of stretching and lifting the muscles, like certain parts of your body. It's just, I love it. So I took three classes so far. I'm loving it and I'm going back to Orange Theory and I think I'm going to keep on doing uh, hot yoga at least once or twice a week. So it's kind of like a good mix because Orange Theory is going to kill me. I already know. Um, What else? I dyed my hair. Unfortunately, you won't be able to see it. Um, because there's no visual to this, but I did nothing crazy. Just, I don't even know what you call this, like highlights. I don't even know. I haven't touched my hair in years, except for when I cut it, the color has been like my natural hair color. And I just felt like I look like plain Jane and there was just like nothing really popping about it. So I was either going to get extensions or dye it. So I, I dyed it. Now I'm still thinking about extensions, but I feel like a little, I have a little more of like a pep pep in my step I feel like the hair looks a little richer and it's like good for spring so I'm excited about my new hair um and I've still been watching tv on my you know late nights and my downtime so a few things I'm watching McMillions I'm not done so far really crazy I had no idea that there was a whole fraud thing going on with the mcdonald's lottery monopoly lottery i had no idea like where was i i guess i was just moving to america i think i was only here for four years um but that was crazy i'm not done but i can't wait to finish it i heard love is blind is really good on netflix um if anyone's watched it please dm me i keep hearing great reviews i'm trying to make my boyfriend watch it he's not about it but hopefully i can convince him if not it's just another show i have to watch by myself Um, and I finally saw Parasite, the movie, you guys, okay, I know I'm late to the game, but if you haven't seen it, I really, 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 really encourage you to watch it. I was like, God, they were 
best picture, best director, best everything. I'm like, really? Because I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and some of the other movies, and I thought they were really, really good. So I was really surprised, and when I watched it, I totally understood. Like, I'm a fan 100%. I think that movie was incredible, everything about it, like the concept, the theme, the writing, the film, the directing, like the cinematography, everything to me was on point, um, and I really, really enjoyed the movie. The other thing is like some people don't want to watch it because I don't know if there's like a voiceover version yet. So you have to read the um, subtitles. But I think like and I don't like reading subtitles usually, but this really worked out for me. I think more so than I would have if there was a voiceover just because like I feel like you can really understand the emotion or what the characters are trying to get across. They're speaking in Korean and I feel like if you can at least hear their voice clearly and in, in your reading, it makes more sense versus like a voiceover in, in English with a different person like what are they even saying? So I really really like that movie. Um and that's about it for me in the BTS segment. So let's go ahead and get into talkworthy um the first thing I'm going to just talk about is the Kobe Bryant memorial um I know it's it was last week but um it was hard to watch I was crying the entire time I could not stop crying I think Vanessa Bryant is just so incredible and so strong I feel like I haven't heard her speak in years I didn't even know what she sounded like and she was just incredible I always admire people who are strong enough to give a eulogy or give a speech at someone's funeral, especially when they were super close to them. Um, it's just really hard to get up there and try to stay strong just to get through it. And she was there for quite a while. And she said everything she needs to say. I mean, maybe she has more to say, but it seemed like she got, she hit all the points. Like, I feel like we really understood her mother-daughter relationship with Gigi. And I really feel like we understood her relationship with her and Kobe. And it just was so special. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that they, you know, share that with us. I think a lot of people needed to to see that and like finally be able to say, you know, goodbye and, and kind of in peace. Um, but interesting, after the memorial, some news came out that she was suing the company that made that helicopter. Um, so the complaint in Los Angeles County Superior Court against Fillmore-based Island Express Holding Corp and Island Express Helicopters alleges that the pilot, Ara Zobayan, who has also died in the crash in Calabasas, failed to use ordinary care in piloting the subject aircraft and was negligent, um, defended Island Express Helicopters, authorized, directed, and or permitted a flight with full knowledge that the subject helicopter was flying into unsafe weather condition, the lawsuit says. Um... Kobe Bryant, the complaint alleges, died as a direct result of negligent conduct of Zobayan, for which the company is vicariously liable in all respects. The 27-count complaint, which also names Zobayan's estate as a defendant, seeks compensatory and punitive damages. The amount isn't specified. Um, so also in this article, the FAA cited that Zobayan for violating visual flight Rules and Island Express didn't take proper precaution or training to ensure that would happen again. So basically what they're saying here is that um, the entire, the, the company and the pilot were both negligent and they did a little bit of research and apparently the FAA, FAA cited Zobayan for violating visual flight rules. So he's gotten a warning before and, you know, this lawsuit they're saying that they don't feel like he's had... Um, 
proper like training to ensure that it wouldn't happen again. Um, and then however Island Express did put out um, their own statement and they said that he he's actually been a chief pilot with over 8,000 hours of flying um, there's just a lot going on here so first of all some people are conflicted like saying should she even sue she has enough money I don't think that she's suing necessarily for herself I feel like that money would probably I, I'm, I'm thinking her logic is that money is going to go to the other families um, that have lost parents and children um, or a parent but regardless of that, I absolutely think she should sue. I feel like the only way to make these companies create change or do better is if you hit them where it hurts and that's their money. So like, yeah, absolutely. She should sue if they were being negligent. The only thing here that, um, you know, kind of leaves me a little saddened is that they're suing his estate, the pilot's estate. I don't know anything about him. I don't think there's a lot of information out there about him. Like, I don't know if he has kids or family or girlfriend or wife or parents that he takes care of. But, um, once you sue his estate, I believe, um, you know, they, they will be affected as well. And obviously the pilot passed and, you know, I don't know if we'll ever really know what happened, but that's the only part to me that kind of is, you know, if he's suing the estate, like, you know, the loved ones have to pay the price and, um, that is never something easy to deal with. So um, that's all I really have to say about that. Um, I do hope that they um, receive some sort of compensation for this horrible, horrific accident if they were in fact negligent. Um, what else happened? The weekend released another song. So you guys, if you're new here, I'm going to keep saying this, because if you're a fan fan, then you know that The Weeknd is my favorite artist. And I'm just sitting here patiently waiting for an album. Um, and he's released two songs. After, after, now, at this point, he's released three songs from his new After Hours album. I just want the whole thing now. Um, but I love all three songs. So that got me really excited. And it got me thinking, like, what other albums do I sit here and just, like, beg and wait for? Um, aside from Drake, I love when Drake releases an album. But I feel like we know it's coming. He releases one, like, almost every year. The only other artist that I can think of where I'm just, like, sitting here just, like, please, 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 something is Adele. Um, the last album I think she released was five years ago. I liked it, but I still think 21 was her best album. And I'm just waiting for this new snatched, uh, newly single, maybe Tinder having an Adele. I don't even know. I'm just so excited for her album. I just wish we had some more information um, when it was coming out. Another piece of news for me that excited me is that um friends the show the cast of friends another fun fact about starring Milana I am a huge friends fan so they are reuniting for a special on HBO Max and this is so exciting because now I'm really excited for HBO Max like before I'm like god I have to purchase or pay for another streaming service but HBO Max is really I think it's going to be the one. It's HBO, it's Warner, they come together. Um, and they bought Friends. They won the battle for Friends from Netflix. And that's a big deal for me. Like, I was going to go wherever Friends went. I'm oh, Of course, I'm going to keep my Netflix account. Like, I love Netflix. But I was definitely going to go anywhere Friends went. I need to watch Friends every night before I go to sleep. I love Friends. So I just feel kind of weird now because they, they got the rights for friends at the beginning of 2020 and i don't think hbo max is coming out until like may so i'm just like sitting here five months 
without friends, you know? Um, so I'm excited for that. But the most exciting part about it all is that they are coming back together for a live unscripted special. I know a lot of people thought that it was going to be like a reboot, but it's not. They're just coming together. I don't know what it's going to be like. I feel like they're going to probably talk about their experience. I don't know what they're going to talk about, what they've been up to. I don't even know. Like, I can't even imagine what it would be, but I'm just excited to see all of them together again um, on TV. What else? Okay, so the coronavirus shit. Apparently, it's getting more serious. I don't even know. Some people are like, it's not like the flu. Don't worry. More people die from the flu. This is like nothing. But at the same time, it's like, but it's spreading faster than the flu. I don't know. I really don't know. But at this point, there's been almost 3,000 deaths. Um, about 30,000 people have been infected. And I'm trying to figure out what I should do. So apparently, they're telling me to wash my hands and keep them away from my face. But I really have a problem with that. And I noticed that ever since, like, now I have to, like, focus on not touching my face. My fingers are always in my eyes or, like, I'm touching, like, my lip or, you know, um, I'm not really picking my nose. But I definitely touch my nose with my fingers. So my hands are all over my face. It's, like, such a bad habit and it's just harder than you think you know to stop touching yourself (laughs) um but I also haven't stocked up I should probably do that I need to I I mean I don't should I be concerned I don't even know like do I want to be a worry wart or do I want to be safe I should probably be safe that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna just go stock up on shit and um get some masks all the good ones are apparently sold out I don't know what else to do if you guys have any Um, if anyone has any insight, really just let me know, like, is this something to be concerned about? Um, the next thing I want to talk about is Harvey Weinstein. So according, according to this article, Weinstein was found guilty of a criminal sex act for assaulting production assistant Mimi Halei, maybe I'm saying that wrong, at his apartment in 2006 and third degree rape of Jessica Mann, an inspiring actress in New York City hotel room in 2013. He was acquitted on the most serious charges, two counts of predatory sexual assault, making him eligible for bail while he awaits appeal. Um... So he's currently awaiting sentencing. I don't know if that means he's in a hospital or at Rikers Island. Like I know at first he was on his way to Rikers and then they they took him to the hospital because he was having chest pains and high blood pressure. Um, People are, I don't, okay, was he always sick? Like was he always this ill? Because wasn't he like in a comedy club? half a year ago, like sitting there was fine. I I, I wonder, I don't want to say, I mean, you know, I just, I don't know. Like what, was he always sick? Was he not? I don't know. But now he has a walker and it's coming out that he has back problems and he has diabetes. And, um, some people are like, he's so old, he shouldn't go to jail, but he's not that old. He's like a year or two older than Kris Jenner. And like, he's younger than Trump and like their kid, I mean, whatever. But you know, he's not that old. He might just like, I don't know, is he playing the part? I don't know what's going on. But basically, um, his sentencing is happening soon in New York. But apparently, he still has to defend himself against four felony sexual assault charges in Los Angeles. I mean, obviously, you know, he wasn't hit where it hurts the, the most. Like, he was not um, hit with the, with the bigger... Um, accusations but this is good I mean I feel like there's still some justice he might 
still do jail time and that would be um you know a, a win for you know justice would be served for these ladies and and I hope that this really just scares the fuck out of like these sexual predators um that's all because I, I like I really hope it scares the shit out of them because you should not be using your power in this way and I hope that they use him as an example um so that's all I have to say about him next thing I want to talk about is David Wright so he was he is the reporter at ABC who was suspended because some audio came out about him uh, kind of critiquing ABC as a company um, and ABC News. Um, and what he basically said is that the network is misinforming voters. Um, their truth suffers, voters are misinformed, our bosses don't see an upside in doing the job we're supposed to do, which is to speak the truth, to power and hold people accountable. Um, he criticized ABC kind of not being honest isn't hard enough on Trump, but also doesn't give him a credit either. So he, I guess he was saying that like they're not hard enough on him, but they don't give him credit when, you know, credit is due. Um and when all of this came out, it was recorded by a right wing group. I don't, I don't know who it was recorded by, but um, a lot of reporters came to his defense, and they were saying just like people complain about networks and bosses all the time. Like it's not really his fault that he got recorded. It's like complaining about your job or your employer, and somebody like rats you out. You know, I know that this is a little bit different because now it's on the world stage, and everyone can see and hear like the critiques of ABC. And I'm sure ABC just feels like stupid because, um, you know, it's embarrassing their own employees are critiquing them, um, and they won't be taken, you know, seriously as a news network. So I understand their point of view too. Um, but the best, also the best they can do is that they can suspend him because if they fire him, that means they don't agree with his political views. And I don't believe that that's a, then he can file for wrongful termination because he states in this audio clip that he's also a socialist. Um, so they can't really fire him, but they did suspend him. And they said when he comes back, he will no longer cover any political uh, stories, which is really interesting. And I hope, and I hope at that point he can just quit and find a job of his own. Um, what else? The last thing I want to talk about is the Pete Davidson interview with Charlemagne the God. So this is first of all, so interesting because I feel like Pete Davidson, like another person who I was like, God, I haven't heard him speak in a while. Besides SNL, like he doesn't really do interviews. So it was interesting to me that, um, you know, he sat down and did this. But I think Charlemagne is his friend, so it does make sense. Um, but they sat down and they did this uh, interview for, I think it's Charlemagne's YouTube channel. Um, and he was really, really honest and open. It was like a little emotional, a little dark. But of course, he's a comedian, so he tried to keep it light. Um, there was a part about, you know, he, when, when he talks about in his standup Netflix special about Ariana Grande on that Vogue cover. And he said that she called him a distraction in that, um, article, but he said that he would be, um, you know how much shit he would get if he painted himself brown and went on the cover of Vogue. So, you know, he kind of finally talks about the Ariana of it all, which I, 
was waiting to see what he would say because I feel like she kind of had her, you know, she had her song, she had some interviews, you know, she did call him distracting and all these things. So she kind of went around and, you know, did her, did her like breakup thing. And I, we haven't heard from him. So I was kind of excited to see, you know, that he, um, kind of went in and I was really excited to hear him talk about the relationship as well and all of his, his relationships. Um, and he said kind of what we're thinking, you know, he doesn't have social media, so he hasn't had the opportunity to express himself. Um, and Ariana has had a fair share. He called her the queen of shade. Um, he said that another thing he said is that after 10 years, he's been doing stand up and then he dated her for six months. And that's like, that's all people know about him is that he dated her for six months. And like all this hard work of 10 years, like doesn't really you know, not, not not that it doesn't matter, but it just gets overlooked. And that was really frustrating to him. He talks about going back to rehab um, and how people think that when he goes there, it's because he's on drugs. But just honestly, it's just better and healthier for his mental state. Um, and one thing that's really interesting, I had no idea about this, but he does talk about how he cuts himself um, to release kind of his like anger and anxiety and pain and emotions and whatever he's going through and he cuts himself on his chest um I just really I I really 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 thought this interview was interesting I think that he's a very interesting person um he talks about a lot of things that you don't really see or hear men talk about that's what what I took away from this um episode he talks about how in the relationships he's the one that wants to get in deep with women he's the one that wants to meet the parents right away to figure out what kind of girl she is um he talked about you know very very personal things like you know causing harm on himself and rehab he just really went in there and I thought it was really interesting how open he was and you know he's he's very self-aware believe it or not he's very self-aware he talks about how intense he is and he knows it and and um he rather just get everything out there from the beginning so you know if three months is a relationship he's in the bathroom and cutting himself or whatever it's not a surprise and you know he doesn't scare people off I was just really fascinated by him and the interview and I just really do wish that he does more because he's a very interesting person so um I there's a lot of layers he's very deep like there are a lot of layers to him so I would love for him to do more um just about himself like more interviews I mean, it's hard to do interviews, especially with him, because I feel like some people can misinterpret or there's a lot of times that media will misinterpret what what they're, you know, what what he's saying. So for me, maybe it's just like he has to um, do these stand ups or maybe he's writing shows or whatever that means. But it, it should be in his control because I feel like that's the only way that he can really um, get his point across so I thought this was interesting I would definitely check it out um if you have some time I believe it's on YouTube um and that's it for Talkworthy so now we're gonna go into the Dropping Gems segment um I wanted to talk about something that's been very very evident the past couple of weeks for me in my life and that is the evil eye um in my culture I'm Armenian we really believe in the evil eye, you know, people wear trinkets, um, they're, 
trinkets or bracelets there's trinkets all over the house i have an evil eye by my door right um and then in russia we call it the bulavka and in english that means like a safety pin but that is a symbol of like kind of warding off evil eyes as well and the bulavka or the safety pin you kind of put it on like your sock or the inside of your bra or somewhere that people can't see it but like you know that it's there and it's the same concept as the evil eye I don't really believe in um, superstitions, right? So like I walk under ladders, like black hats, who cares? Um, But for some reason, I really, really believe in the belief of the evil eye. And I think it's because it's more than a superstition to me. Like It's kind of like a way of life. And for those of you who don't know what it's about, um, I will read you like a definition, like a, I'll read you a little definition of the evil eye, okay? Um, It is a curse or legend believed to be cast by a malevolent glare, usually given to a person when they are unaware. Um, I got this piece from the BBC, from a BBC article. In essence, the curse of the evil eye is not a complicated concept. It stems from the belief that someone who achieves great success or rec- recognition also attracts the envy of those around them. That envy in turn manifests itself as a curse that will undo their good fortune according to greek mythology when anyone looks at what is excellent with an envious eye he fills the surrounding atmosphere with a pernicious quality and transmits his own inevitable exhalations into whatever is nearest to him um the reason why I say that it's not necessarily like a superstition, more of like a way of life, because to me, this whole concept is like an aura, right? Um, it's someone's bad energy. It's their envy. It's the longing of someone who doesn't want the best for you, doesn't want you to succeed, doesn't want you to be happy, jealousy, right? Um, some people call it the devil, okay? So if you don't believe in the evil eye, let's take that approach, that it's some sort of opposition or evil, Uh, When you're on the right path, there are attacks and obviously resistance. I experienced so much of that the past few weeks, okay? Someone's bad energy and bad aura entered into my fucking atmosphere and it did a bit of damage, I have to say. Um, But you cannot control other people's energy. You can't control their ill intentions or their fucking evil eye, Um. But what you can control is how you react to it. Unfortunately, as you know, many evil eye bracelets and bulafkas that I wear, it doesn't necessarily help you deal with people's bad wishes or negative energy in your atmosphere. I always kind of like to stop and take in the moment as it's happening. Um, I take a deep breath and I just kind of tell myself like this too shall pass and it's happening for a reason. That is the only way I get through shit in my life is that take a pause I process it I accept what is happening in that moment and I remind myself that this like everything else will pass and everything will be okay I don't scream I don't get mad I really try to get frustrated um and I've kind of been like this for quite a while and I have to tell you it's just a much better way of living life because you are clear minded and you're able to problem solve versus being in a state of panic or anger uh, or frustration. What is happening more than likely is out of your control. So how can you be this mad about something that is out of your control, right? Um, Instead of dwelling in that space, I figure out how to move forward and um, 
begin to solve the problems. And this also translates to the evil eye, right? I don't dwell in people's bad energy. The past couple of weeks, I've had my closet rod break. I've had flat tires. I've had just all kinds of little shit that have happened the past few weeks that I just they were happening out of nowhere. And I just felt like, wow, someone saw that I was going in the right direction and I was just moving at full speed and that God was guiding me in the direction I'm meant to go in and I'm working my ass off. And someone saw this and they just put their fucking evil eye on me. They sent me all of their negative energy. And I realized this with every time something happened, I'm like, I know exactly what this is. And again, whether you believe in the evil or not, take it as the devil, right? Take it as, uh, some people take it as bad luck, I guess. Um, But take it as resistance. When you are living in your um, truth, when you are living in your purpose, this is what happens. Resistance is what happens, okay? I also read this in a BBC article. Um, First of all, you must understand that most people will reflect your current emotional state back to you. Try to greet someone while being very cheerful and you will find him responding back with a smile. Try Try to talk in a depressed way and you will end up attacking all the negativity people carry inside of them. And I really do believe that. And, you know, This is not necessarily tied to the whole concept or belief of the evil eye, but I do believe this is tied into aura and atmosphere. So whatever you bring into the room is more than likely what you will get out of it. Oftentimes than not, you can be a cheerful, positive, joyous person and someone is not ready to receive that, right? And then they bring they try to bring their negative or bad aura into your life by the way they interact with you. But the reminder there is don't let someone's energy affect yours. Stay true to who you are in that moment and don't and just block it out. Um, I know that we went into a bit of a different direction from the evil eye to the devil or the negative energy, but I believe that these things are basically all related in some way. Um, It's an energy and the way that you react to it is definitely crucial. And if you allow people's evil eye or their bad aura to get to you, you will, they will leave an impact on your day, your week and your life. So um, that's all I have to say. That's my gem of the week. Wear your evil eyes, wear your bluffkas, um, your, what, what, I don't even know any other, like whatever, whatever. Your culture wears the word off energy or just protect your energy. Um, sage, I don't know. But I just want to send everyone positive vibes, um, even the ones who are giving me their stink eye, um, their evil eye, because, you know, you have to kind of just attack it with love. And when it's resistance, you have to remind yourself that when you are in the right direction, when you are living out your purpose, when you are listening and letting God guide you, that is when you will feel resistance. So if you feel it, that means you are doing what you're supposed to do. So good luck to you. Um, And (laughs) thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Make sure to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. Um, And we will be back next week. Monday. Have a wonderful week.